0: Welcome to the Best Work Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Henley-Smith. The goal of this show is to uncover the working insights of successful software engineers, founders and leaders, so you too can find your best work. Finding our best work is often a hidden journey, uncovered through an ongoing conversation with ourselves and the world around us. Every one of these episodes is packed with timeless ideas you can apply to your own life. In this conversation I speak to Elijah Hradovich. Elijah is a software engineer and we explore the interconnected nature of work and life.
1: I think the unusual part about my situation, particularly, is that before COVID, um, I was pretty much looking for finding job in China. And one of the things is that they have platforms. One platform is Boss, another platform is 51Job, I think. They, of course, have LinkedIn, but on LinkedIn, there would be only Western companies who would not be really looking for hiring somebody from the West in China once in China, because it would be more looking for hiring locals. And um, there are also obvious changes in the, how to put it, uh, in the politics, which kind of, I think, make Western companies bit less happy to hire foreigners to places like China. So one of the thing is that um, uh, I've been exposed to those apps through my wife because she, she is Chinese, so she knows how those things work in, and BOSS, I think, is pretty close to the idea of court because um, the idea is that you will be able to directly chat to people. And in China, uh, especially in places like Shanghai, the speed of things is very high. So one one big difference would be that there is this so-called 996 culture from 9 to 9, 6 days per week. <laughs> mm. uh, and the thing is that when people look for jobs, they very much want to... Uh, get responses fast, and those who hire want to get responses fast. So partially, everybody's sitting on phone all the time. So you have the app, and like what's you the can... app called? Boss. Boss. How do you spell it? I'll look it up. Like boss. Like boss. Oh, B o s s. B o s s. Yeah. Uh, I probably have it on another phone. If If you want more details, I, I can look for yeah, it. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, probably you certainly won't find it on Google Store. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, can you send the link
0: after it? <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I, I can try to look into cool. it but I'm not sure like, it might require some Chinese infrastructure like WeChat ID and stuff but yeah. I, I, I can send afterwards, look into it okay. So, partially the ID is pretty close to uh, what court is doing but it's already like there in China and I think it's like uh, uh, it, it was this part that you can kind of have this conversation with people uh, up front so for me uh, like one of the things when I was looking for a job in China is that somebody that said, "Oh, yeah, I can give invitation to court," and I was saying, "Hmm, I, I, I don't, I'm not interested yet." But later, uh, like after change of plans, okay, I reach out to this person again and I got this link. And I pretty much like the the ability. I think what I look the most, which would partially touch another topic, is that I look for honest and sincere dialogue, like. It is a lot. It's relatively easy to get into a place where um, companies would be showing face and employee would be showing face, but it is just made-up face. And then you come and then this frustration. Yeah. And uh, it is pretty much for both sides to be able to evaluate. So uh, to be able to have a good dialogue and to talk to somebody who would describe exactly how things are, I think it is a very great thing with brings too. Could I ask
0: you a question about your
2: one of the things you say on your LinkedIn and how that relates to you, how you go about finding work. Um, you, You say on your LinkedIn, build the courage to change things that I can, the serenity to accept things that I cannot change, and wisdom to tell the difference. How do those three things, perhaps in, in separate bits or in order or whatever, how do they affect the way that you go about finding work?
1: So it is originally a quote from Kurt Vonnegut, Sutterhouse uh, 5, probably, you know. Um, uh, so I think it's, it's a great question, but it would be overall, like, I can have an imagination what the place would look like where I would want to go. I might expect something like maybe I want to go to go to Google, let's say, and I can apply for it and I can prepare for it. And the key balance line to get right usually is, should I try harder or I tried enough and I need to go easier? It's mm. like, it can be that sometimes... Um, Uh, sometimes it can be one problem that we are lazy, but we are not honest with self about it and we just need to push harder and then we just stop to be lazy and we can get over. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it can be that it's just not really our thing and we need to be able to see that to fall back to who we really are, to drop imaginations of Mm -hmm. who we want to be and to accept the reality Mm -hmm. of who we are and go Mm -hmm. with it. Mm -hmm. So I think this is where the wisdom part is to distinguish between the two. The courage Mm -hmm. part is if I'm lazy and something is challenging, but it's really who I am, I need to push harder. Mm. And the serenity would be that um, in particular case, sometimes I need to just let things go. So for example, Mm. uh, with Asia, we have tried, I think for two years or so, and it doesn't work. So we adapt. Because you cannot just force things sometimes.
2: (laughs) When I look at your background, I, I'm really struck by those two different philosophies. You have s- stuck it out. And you have not just got a master's in mathematics and com- computer science, but you have also got a PhD in mathematics and computer science from Rocklaw. And then during that time, you also work at Capgemini, and then at ICADO and then at Underwrite Me. So you have had the, I guess, the courage to see something out for such a long period of time through your education, but also the serenity to change, kind of be mindful as you went through that journey and, and move jobs a few different times. Has there been? How have you how have you balanced those two things? Because they're so difficult to do at the same time.
1: Uh, I can. I think I can go a bit. Uh, more personal, so it would be easier to see where I came from. Um, so, originally I'm coming from Belarus, and it would go a bit into religion topics, because uh, Belarus overall is orthodox, and it's post-communist, so overall it's closer to atheism, but people would change to swap labels that I was atheist, but now I'm orthodox because majority is orthodox. Mm. And I belong to a uh, Baptist minority there, which would be perceived as sect. And I was into religion until my 25, I, th- I think, but this background was pretty much like I was really going for truly meaning the things I'm doing. So I think uh, a lot of things, like if you think about s- things like scriptures, which are personal for many people, it would be sometimes people would want to match the word, and sometimes people would want to match the spirit, which would be more personal to actually mean it. And I think. The balancing part comes from this period when I was balancing school together with pretty, uh, I would say, intense uh, kind of leadership life which I had in church because I was organizing events for up to 100 people even when I was 14, 15, 16, 17. And in the period of university, after my second year, I also was preaching in local community, also finished uh, uh, missionary summer school and all of the other fun stuff and had several different social activities and later also got work a part of it. But overall, it is pretty much like um, if you really tap into energy of who we are, then you just want to do things. (laughs) It is not that you force yourself to do things. Maybe if we tap into your energy, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I also don't have that energy anymore that much, but but yeah. Uh, And then it's pretty much like you have many things and... I think one of the examples which I got in my life from school time is that one of the teachers said, ask if I ever thought why subjects at school are mixed in hours. So sometimes you could have one hour of math that you have, let's say, English and later history, because different parts of brain work. And when you shift things together, one part of brain rests and another can work. So I was trying to use pretty much the same philosophy with my activities. It is that... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about how we shuffle our time, that you can do a lot. You can learn languages and you can learn other things. If you shuffle it, you won't, you would be efficient enough to do it. Uh, so for example, I couldn't speak English until pretty like I had 11 years of English at school, but I couldn't speak or read truly. And mm. later when I came to Poland, I had to learn Polish because I started learning Polish only when I was 16 but practically speaking you put your mind into it and then thinking that children learn languages without any grammar books and just allowing yourself to have the leap of faith that i'm able to learn because kid is able to learn just to expose self to language and later you can just speak so similarly with english grammar books haven't helped me but i watched star trek without subtitles seven different star treks and then i can just speak, and that's it <laughs> so i think many things are pretty much like that that when we want to control what is going to happen we lose our actual ability to adapt what is happening so it's kind of this balance that we need to trust ourselves that we can do it and be honest with ourselves do we really want to do it or not and then if you don't over push it just happens phd on its own is not as as hard as it might sound it's more about teaching patients about things which you cannot influence so if If you would be talking about serenity, this is the biggest one because in BISPGD in particular, I got exposed to the thing that you just wait for your mentors because they're busy people and you can wait one month, you can wait half a year and after half a year, they return to your work and they say, oh, it all needs to be changed. And you work two weeks and let you have another few months of waiting. And this is how (laughs) how it goes. So partially, I think BISPGD in particular, what I liked a lot was work with students, So switching context between that I would have, let's say, part-time job somewhere like at Gemini, and I also would have one day when I would have um, three groups of students to work with, this change of context and seeing different people's lives and kind of helps to have the shuffling little bit like we have at school when we have different subjects. And it, it makes life more rich overall. And there are things which drain us, but it also gives us energy. So kind of goes together
2: If you can increase your mental capacity by shuffling your brain and using it for different tasks is there a similarity between that and the way that you've also been able to pursue both education and work at the same time?
1: I think so and I think this is what we also do Like, I I don't think I am in any way special story anybody who has family does it (laughs) because it is multitasking, it is. I need to be emotionally to connect with close ones and help them to learn. Uh, like, we have smaller daily tasks, but they're still tasks. But because we don't really treat them as tasks, it's not that difficult. So I, I would say a lot of problems come from us defining them as problems. And if we don't really think about things as problems, but we think about them as just part of life. It becomes... Less problem because we don't call it problem. Mm. It makes sense. Mm.
2: Would you call either of your working life or your professional life a problem? Or would you say that both are your life?
1: Both are life. Okay. So uh, it's like I would say uh, I'm pretty much trying to keep self. Um, the, the word of integrity, which I pretty much like for me, means that whatever environment I'm coming in, I'm true self, not wearing a specific face for a specific environment. That being said, subconsciously I still would be trying to have face because uh, of course ego always wants to have more and ego wants to look better. Mm. But I think it is this kind of our human challenge of balancing things out. And um, I would say the, the part about education and work is that was pretty much a lot involved communication and trying to understand the flow, how things go. So the further it goes, the more everything is similar but different in form, I would say, <laughs> however abstract it sounds. What do you mean? Um, uh, let's say you want to have a shopping cart and you want to want to buy things. And to have a good choice of things, it would mean that on the one hand we need to properly reflect on self and what we need because our body already knows what vitamins we like and it would make us feel hungry for specific kind of food, let's say, or vegetables. And it is not random, but our body adjusts to it. So we need to be able to trust the body to do the right choice. But there also would be things which we would want to plan that, for example, in three days there would be dinner with somebody. So Mm. we want to have a specific dish. So we need to kind of organize it together. So if you think about problems at work, which we solve, they're still abstractly pretty much same things that we can feel in body that there would be right things to do for the project because because we just believe it right. We believe that maybe continuous integration needs to be fixed usually <laughs> or something similar. And we also need to plan that there would be a customer for whom we need to do something. And it would be pretty much same as when we do... With PhD, it might be a bit bit different in some aspects, but it's pretty much the same. There is publication, there is work needs to be done, and some work will be pretty much routine, and so there can be work which is less predictable. Hmm. And there also can be some deadlines that we need to prepare to push publication by some deadline, or I need to do some paperwork, or there would be students, so I need to prepare something for lab. So it, it, it is not that different on the abstract level. And The way we do the sequence, it's also pretty similar. They very much reflect our personality as well, as you mentioned.
2: It sounds like you're almost building your own personal network in some ways, where the different parts of your life are able to feed off each other in ways.
1: In ways, yeah.
2: It's almost like (laughs) you... It's ridiculous. But you... sounds like you're almost, pl- if you were to use your vegetable analogy, you're kind of yeah. planning to go and eat all of those different topics that you want to deeply understand through your education and then you allow your work to digest them in some way?
1: Um, uh, I think it is a good analogy. I, I would say, to be honest, an example of that PhD one, there were several motives and On the part of intentions and motives, I tend to think about it that we never really have pure one intention and motive. I would think about intentions rather as a range of things with weights, that there can be something, some intention which was the highest highest value that we actually make this choice. Mm. But there usually would be tons of other intentions, like Mm. those small prides and other things. Mm. So an example of PhD, uh, The hard intention which I had after finishing master was, if I just finish master and go to work without doing anything, is that the knowledge which I collected over in university, which is more theoretical, would just go apart because it's not integrated deep enough. So all of those maths and all of those things, they were more like words and exams and stuff. But to actually to be able to get it deeper into mind, I felt like I need to spend more time with it and, and like more involved in the sense that actually trying to do something with it. And it was like this motive that I feel like if I would not continue, I would practically, on practical level, I would lose my master. I would have the diploma, of course, but it's not really that this knowledge is integrated enough to use it. And if I would go for PhD, I would get master plus PhD on pragmatic level that I would be able to use this knowledge. So it was one intention. Other intentions were less romantic. Uh, like in Belarus, if you finish your education, it's expected to go to army. Even though I was not planning to return to Belarus and formally I can be in Poland, but they might they there can be some border problems and later there can be other problems. So it's ideally to expect it. So you just don't finish your education until you're 27. Hmm. So it is one of the ways around it. There were some other motives as well, which might be more personal during period or it just felt like this door is open for a relatively short period of time, and I was able to walk through and I don't know what would be in the future, but back then, I already felt that the world kind of becomes less stable, so in less stable world, which relies on papers, it's good sometimes to have one extra paper. Hmm. how
0: it sounds like you're
2: in that in that certain circumstance you've been able to make that decision with clarity because you've been able to self reflect on your own intentions and how you weigh them up how do you take courage into that decision making process because is courage not the ability to make decisions when sometimes you don't necessarily have all the information or yep. that you you might be proactively
1: going against
2: waiting that tells you to do something
1: else? So, I think in this case, courage is, as you have said, it's, um, we practically never know future for sure. And whenever we think we know it for sure, we are wrong. So, um, I, I found it that that The more we are aware that things that we are floating, not standing, the more truly stable we are. We are much more like ships in the sea than we are walking on the soil. So, in this sense, the courage would be don't know whom I'm quoting, don't remember that (laughs) ship is built to swim the sea, not to stay ashore. So, here it is a part that, partially here in the hard call to do the thing. And of course, I know that I have a choice to hear, to listen to my heart or not. And I know if I pick it, I would have energy for it to do. But if I don't, I would feel a bit depressed of not doing it. And there later might be some regret. So I think here is the courage that I wasn't really... How to put it? There are much smarter people on my year back then in university who can do PhD than me. So some things regarding math... um, they're not, like, that straightforward. So for me, with all of those more formal analysis of things, I can have intuitions, but when it comes to describing them in detail with all of the formulas, it becomes a bit more complicated. So this is where this kind of would be cards that it would be dealt with. So it's kind of trusting self that given time, I would figure it out. Because we are all in the end humans, and all of the people who do all of this stuff, they're also humans, and they're not really much different. So um, it's in our imagination, people can be very different on that somebody somebody super talented, but in the end, a lot of things is just trusting self that the work would be done, that mm. we are able to. And usually it is this way.
2: How have you taken this decision-making process and applied it to deciding what projects you work on in your working life? Two great examples would be Capgemini and Ocado. Of all of the companies that you could have worked for, why did you decide to work at cap gemini and then Ocado? uh
1: okay so cap gemini was coming after half a year break which i had to take after to intense work in X-Wave. and um in particular back then it was more of a overall like life reset changing renting apartment and and stuff and the way it was done, that when I was applying for... I wasn't applying for Capgemini directly, I think. Uh, I decided it's time to find something. Wait, it would be... It's not this one. So with Capgemini, I think they reached out in a time when I was actually wanting to look for a job. And I heard a few things about them back then in um, In Wrocław is one of the bigger companies out there in Poland. And, um, I was thinking to have to work for a bigger company for a change because I was working in pretty small companies before that. And I wanted to see how it actually works because it's experience I never had. And well, small company people would be saying that small companies are always the best. I haven't really had this experience. Um, so I think that was partially the decision and when it comes to other things, I had, a. Relatively remote friend who was working Capgemini already. So I had few things which I know about it. Um, and other than that, it was like, it all sounded to be good. I would say that this particular one was a light decision. Like, I don't really, haven't found this decision to be binding back then because mm. you go to a job, you try hard to see how it looks like um, after a break. Mm-hmm. Okada one is a decision which was driven more that I was moving to the UK from Poland because uh, we were about to get married with my wife now, and she was in the UK. Um, So uh, practically speaking, it was also what I mentioned about um, thinking about going to China, but it have not worked out. So um, I wanted to find something within two months. So I have just put in on LinkedIn that I'm looking in London. I got several contacts at once. I started, I think, around 10 processes at once. Uh, there are several interesting choices. I think one of them was over technology, which like overall felt to be a good, comfortable place to work at just because of, I would say, in some descriptions... Uh, you can really sense that people mean what they write. In other descriptions, you can feel that it's pretty much snobbish talk, and, and that's it. So uh, with overall technology, I felt that they're really good culture and everything. With Okada technology, it was the part that I had this robotics hobby of the blog I shared with you. Mm. And the robotics in particular, I pretty much feel like we as humanity come closer to the point that Uh, we really want to automate the production of food and the many processes we have and kind of get more to uh, self-sufficient habitation even if we want it for space travel or anything we need to be able to develop this technology and I had pretty tons of ideas about many things there so uh, Okada technology was out of blue to me that something like this exists and I was pretty excited about it and then... When I got to the position of choice, Okada was just on top one place just because of me being interested in the field that much. Hmm. So, yeah, I think this is how the decision was made. that um, Okada was pretty much driven by my own hobby and interest in the area and hmm. thinking that it is what overall would benefit long-term hmm. humanity as well. Sounds like
2: there almost wasn't a decision to be made. That seems like one of those scenarios where the
1: decision was clear. The decision uh, needed to be made because the money was lower Hmm. by 20% or so. Really? And another decision had to be made because uh, Okada wasn't recognizing my senior position back then. So it was me going from senior to mid. And assuming, trusting that uh, it would be recognized in the future. So there are some sacrifices to be made, and it is a decision.
0: Wow. You must.
1: Did it work out? Uh, well, I'm not in Okado. Hmm. Uh, Things which went wrong there are things which I was a bit idealistic about. So I think first thing I was idealistic about is about myself and my ideas that once you get to the actual place. um, I think I created a bit too much pressure on people around me just because I had many ideas in the field and people would Mm -hmm. feel like... Another thing I underestimated that When people know that somebody is close to half PhD, they also can feel a bit competitiveness because of it. So Mm. there can be people who just finished uh, first degree and they can have some bad memories from uni and Mm. they can just subconsciously project on you. So I got on this trouble as well, partially with one of the colleagues. And finally, it's like... um, even though I got, like, uh, got in touch with the patent department and uh, I think I prepared something like 20 patent ideas and boss of my boss of my boss was very happy about them. They just get stuck somewhere in the middle of corporate something. And you just realize that those things, they just don't work. And <laughs> um, one thing, me believing that ideas might be useful, another thing is that when we are in actual community, it is pretty much adjusting to how community works and not all of the communities are open to it. Mm. So partially it is to be able to accept it and move on. How do you go from
2: that to then life insurance?
1: So after Ocado, I had to take another break just to emotionally um, restart. So I had a few months of break. And later, later, it's like, about how we think about ourselves so if it would be that I'm to start my own business or something then I can be thinking about what industry I want to choose but practically speaking in IT it is very much like about the things I'm developing not really about um, the industry I'm developing it so to speak and then when it comes to more moral questions about what industry it is in then my argument would be that the way I feel it now, that we pretty much everything is interconnected. So if you think about this laptop we talked through, and let's say you know that it has metal parts. Somebody was mining those metal parts. Somebody was going into mines to get the metal, and somebody was using other machines to put it into the metal, which is usable. And then... If you think about that, those people who were working at uh, mines, they needed food. So they were going to shops to buy food. So the price we pay for laptop becomes the money which is paid through whole of the line of things to miners, to people who were preparing food for miners, to those who were shipping parts and so on and so on. And the deeper you go into detail about that actually developed laptop, somebody had to have theoretical knowledge and knowledge was coming from some white papers, you pretty much go back in history to to develop this laptop. We we needed to depend on half of the humanity, all of the humanity over those years, because Uh we are all connected. So in this sense, working in flow, I would say it's a little bit like in ecosystems that we have those different dependency between different animals and plants. And speaking industries, pretty much picking which cycle of ecosystem we are in, but in the end, if this job exists and it is efficient, then it benefits somebody in the end. Somebody that buys life insurance. Maybe it's somebody's uh, mind health is improved cause of it, mental health, because they would have more peace of mind. And then what's the difference if I'm working on robotics less efficiently, or would it be better if I would work on life insurance, which is efficient in this case, and More people benefit from it if it makes some sense.
2: I think your approach sounds almost like the Zen Buddhist way of thinking about your career and your work. You are accepting (laughs) of uh, the our interconnected ecosystem, and you you. It almost sounds like you kind of goes back to what you said earlier about floating, not standing and accepting yeah. that whatever contribution you make, whether it's, it doesn't matter what node in the ecosystem, you're making that contribution, you're still working on the ecosystem and that's the goal in some way.
1: Uh, yeah, you, you can put it this way. I, I would say uh, another metaphor, I think which influenced my life at some point, it's the realization that me as human being, I haven't chosen my DNA haven't chosen the body I've been born to. I haven't chosen my parents or place I've been born at. So from the perspective, the small abstract perspective, you can say that I could have been anybody who is around me. So it means that if I see any person, it means that if I would be born in their situation with their DNA, why it wouldn't be that I would have their character, their problems, their attitudes. And then from this perspective, it becomes... Um, More about thinking how to make everybody healthier mentally, internally, psychologically, Mm. whatever it is, and how to make us all happier cooperating together than Mm. about pushing the one thing I imagine is the best.
2: (laughs) Mm. So if you make a decision about, so you, you decide to work at Capgemini because it's the right life point. You decide to work at Ocado because you're, really interested in robotics and how we can build self sustaining food production systems. And then you start working uh, in life insurance because you recognize the interconnected nature of all of the the whole world and and, uh, how we are all connected. What happens next?
1: Well, we're about to find out by living. I don't know. That's the beauty of it. I will know when the time will come.
2: You don't plan for it?
1: How can I plan for it? Could if I adjust for something like COVID? Could I think about it three years ago? Mm. No. And um, we'll see. It's like, yeah, really, a... We are changing, we are evolving as personalities, as characters. And things which I can see valuable today might not be valuable tomorrow. And things which I don't think are valuable today would be very valuable tomorrow. So I think at this point of life, it becomes more important to take into account for me personally, how to be able to get mortgage and paid off just because it's it's this point of life. I need to think about family. I need to think about those things. When I was coming to Ocado, it wasn't really a, a valuable thing to think about. It was more about uh, following the interest. But now it becomes it becomes to choose something from something. Mm. And I don't think there is a one true gold way to solve everything for everybody. But I truly believe that we all know our best choices in our hearts. And it is just about trusting self and not... Um, getting too dependent on somebody or something to make this for us.
2: How do you think we find the tools to listen to ourselves in those moments?
1: It's very, um, complicated and multi question, I would say. So in the context of work, which we are partially in, and in the context of finding the right place to be. An example, of course, I would say that true human communication, where we understand that people we talk to who are about to employ us, they happen to be higher than us because they were born in the, with their random seat, with their DNA and whatever. And it happened that they play this role, we play our role, and it's the way it is. But in the essence that we are all humans and we all have our mental points and mental problems and... We all, have, we all want to be happy and we all have our insecurities, we all have our imperfections. So when it comes to the choice of work, why I would very much um, enjoy the ability to truly talk to somebody, not just sort the of just face of somebody, is that uh, I can see if we as a group would want to go and to change together. This would be the most important part. First would be that we are able to be honest with ourselves, that we can be honest in the group, that people would not be offended by me saying what I truly believe. I can't be wrong, I'm not saying that I'm always right. But if I'm not able to truly say what I think, we cannot really work as a group because it would be just playing something polite, which doesn't work, and efficient, it's not efficient. And finally, it is that we realize that we all want to be better and that those who would employ me want to be better and they know that they want to grow and that I want to grow and respecting each other in this sense and then things just work and then everything is relatively simple so-called common sense where we can just it just makes sense we don't really need many words for it we don't build ideology to force things from above but it just normally we follow the real flow of the work which goes And when it comes to single person development and tools, I think it would very much depend on the person. And as much as it would hurt, uh, it can be that often it might be things which we like less. So for people who who use thinking too much, maybe what they need to do the most is to try to really feel things around, try to really stop thinking and to just allow self to feel For people who feel too much, it can be maybe stop feeling and try to organize your thoughts. And for people who can overuse their instinct and body too much, it can be trying to find some bigger values. So usually it would be for me about... um, In heart, we usually know what we are blind about, (laughs) but it is difficult to truly face. So uh, I I would say that, for example, for my personality, I spent before so much time writing my thoughts or uh, half meditating somewhere in nature, that for me, the true challenge would be more to allow self to feel and to sense things. So I can, instead of being stuck in spirituality, which is not really getting me anywhere anymore because it's not the part which is underdeveloped. So I don't have also golden advice here, but more like there are different tools for different states and for different people
2: you said in our heart we are we're not blind but sometimes it's difficult to face when has been a moment in your recent past where you've known you've not been blind to it in your heart but you have found it difficult to face Mm.
1: Those are kind of questions which are super hard to answer because I'm of the type that I'm more aware of emotions of people around me, but it's more difficult for me to see emotions in me. Uh, I would say the part which was difficult to face an example of a cado it is where I was actually perfectionist, putting expectations on people in hidden way just because I would believe that this is what would make everything more mm. harmonious. Mm. Mm. I would see where somebody makes mistake and I would expect them to be better. And even though I would be polite and even though I would be having one-on-one chats, I still would be radiating something what destroys the atmosphere. Mm. And I think this realization led me to rethink how I approach things and to think more about whenever I would feel that I need to be That things need to be more perfect. That something ought or should to do something. uh, I instead would try to connect how to be grateful for what is out there, instead to see only the things which are not there. To try to see things which are out there, out there, because it's not that they have to be there. And then it really helps me to balance out this perfectionism, so to speak. Mm. but yeah, it is much easier to feel like somebody could have been healthier or somebody could have been less bossy or that somebody could have tried not to put scent everywhere or not to isolate specific people that I don't have to defend those isolated people. Yeah. But on the other hand, it is a little bit like if you go to the mountains and you would say mountains should be shorter or higher just because we like it. It wouldn't be, but we kind of know it but practically why people are different from mountain. They are the same piece of matter, they may maybe differently aggregated, and they are in their specific state, expecting them to be something what they are not the same as expecting mountain to be shorter or higher. So it's easier said to be done. So this is a thing which I would know in my head, but it's more difficult to get to the level of the instinct of the body, not to radiate it around. And to practically get there, this is what gratefulness helped me with, because before I had this habit, there I lost this habit, now I'm trying to re this habit of being grateful for things. And in the right me it shows itself, well, there are also things which are not perfect, which I would feel to be, that can be better. But instead, when I would focus on gratefulness, it appears that actually people also know about the things which are not perfect, but inst- when I'm not radiating that they ought to be better, we are able to cooperate on making them better. <laughs> because everybody feels to be more included. So this would be this kind of reflection of recent times.
2: Elijah, thank you so much for sharing your journey and your decision making and how you've used it to make more informed or not informed decisions about where you've decided to work. Oh no, I I can't wait to hear what you do decide to to do next.
1: We'll
0: have to live it through, though. Love it. The Best Work podcast is produced by the team at Cord. I'd love your advice on how we can make sure the Best Work podcast is having a profound impact on the way we all pursue our best work. Email me at benatcord.co. You can also find a transcript of this conversation insightful video content and more at core.co slash insights. Thanks for listening.